Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful James Putra. James, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Good morning, George. Uh, thank you for having me on today. Yeah, let's l- let's go. James is the head of product strategy with TradeStation Crypto. I believe you built the entire platform from the ground up, so I'm excited to talk with you about that. If you would, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind, um, it's crypto. We got to read a disclaimer. All these views are my personal views and not TradeStation views, and I'm happy to be here to talk about this. Um, so personal life, uh, I've been in financial services now for, geez, seems like forever. Uh, I, grew, I started right out of college, got involved with startups, um, doing trading technologies, and built that, sold that company, did a hedge fund, sold that company, uh, decided I was burned out for startups and wanted to really get into um like, like retail brokerage, did a stint at E-Trade, got involved with TradeStation and um, started with them to go and help them grow their business internationally in Japan. We'd just been acquired by Monex, uh, spent a lot of time back and forth to Japan to launch an active trader business and came back, launched an innovation lab, started really my career down crypto in like 2015. Um, that was my introduction there where we went to MIT Media Lab. Um, we got introduced to Bitcoin, which was seemed really cool, but really like something that's never going to see the light of day because we saw that at the same time we saw a camera that could read a book without opening the cover. Uh, we also saw uh, technology that would allow you to shake hands with somebody on the other side of the world through video conference. Cool stuff, but <laughs> probably never going to commercialize. At least that's what we thought. And um, little by little, it just we had been bitten by the bug, and and my team and I were trying to figure out what we could do. Um, our, our CEO at the time said he'd like to offer crypto trading, but we had no idea what that meant. <laughs> I mean, for everywhere from legal to accounting to compliance, really, we're like, what? Where do we even start? So, uh, we developed a plan to start crypto mining. I want to say t- late 2015, early 2016, and the the strategy was kind of a guerrilla tactic. Um, start mining if these things become valuable and you get enough eventually people will pay attention to you um, it took us about a year and we generated a substantial amount of crypto assets and in that year we taught the security team how to deal with this the it team how to uh, manage the crypto and we learned how to custody the assets account for the assets and by the time somebody started paying attention um, the asset had grown quite substantially and we needed to start reporting this up to our, our mothership and um, by that point, we had already kind of dotted our I's across our T's and we were ready to rock and roll. And that gave us a really natural step to go and launch a crypto trading service. And um, Bus said, please go do this and was on a post-it note and uh, been there ever since doing uh, really crazy stuff in crypto. It's been an exciting ride. And um, I don't think I answered anything personal there, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 give us something personal then, James. Uh, personal. My first trade ever was on Best Buy, and um, I fought my dad tooth and nail when I was a teenager because obviously anything my dad wanted me to do was definitely not cool. Um, <laughs> I bought Best Buy. I like doubled my amount of money. It was my, it was nothing, like a couple thousand bucks, and ever since then, I've been hooked. <laughs> nice. Love it. So when you started looking at, at, at crypto, you did, did, did you – know that you had to actually mine 
or why 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 did you make that decision? Um, well, the the request was figure out how to do crypto trading, and because we had no institutional knowledge, there was a couple of us that had ever handled this stuff. And coming from a, a retail brokerage firm, there's a lot of people that need to understand how to work with these things before you can really get approval to even move forward. And we needed a way that was safe to really develop that institutional knowledge. Um, and running a tech innovation program um, expected to be a cost center and not really generate profits. And it gave us a safe environment that through mining, we could figure out all the basic things we needed to do just to be able to handle the assets. And it was a lot easier for us to buy some computer equipment. We have a huge technology arm. And so buy computer equipment, convince folks to mine than it was to go open an account at Gemini or Coinbase as an institution. <laughs> Got, it. Got it. Well, that certainly makes well, that sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And so now it's, it's been six years, six years, give or take. Um, I'm fascinated by the regulatory and the compliance um, environment and then also what you view your responsibility is to 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 the actual end user yeah um so regulatory environment is definitely challenging and it's challenging in a i'd say unique way than traditional markets traditional markets is challenging because there's a lot of rules and um it takes a lot to comply with the rules and it's it's just constantly changes um, so you end up with teams of lawyers and compliance folks in crypto our biggest problem was the absence of rules and unfamiliarity with who we actually are going to be like ultimately responsible to um, we have an entity that does regulated broker dealer work and we have an entity that does the spot crypto work because it's under a different regulatory regime um, a lot of folks don't know uh, in order for us to hold crypto in the broker dealer uh, it's it's actually extremely difficult for us to do um, just specifically net capital requirements uh, typically when i have a, a share of apple on the broker dealer books i don't need to have an offsetting amount of cash apple works as as part of my balance sheet if i hold bitcoin for a customer i have to have an equal amount of cash on my books so it becomes very prohibitive for us as a broker dealer we would love to solve that if anybody's listening if you can help us solve that from a regulatory perspective <laughs> Love to talk with you. Um, from a who are we ultimately responsible to um, on the on the, the customer side? Um, we view our role as trying to find a way to make it as easy to hold crypto assets as somebody could hold Apple or another share of stock, um, because we have that background from the traditional markets. When we enter crypto, we look at everything from that traditional markets lens. And uh, early on, when we started interviewing different market centers, um, some big names that are really big today, um, the solution was for us to trade across Skype together, which just isn't going to work. <laughs> you can't run a business on Skype for a large retail audience. So we've, we feel our responsibility is to put the infrastructure and tools in place that is expected in the traditional markets. And so when our our folks or people that come to TradeStation do go into crypto markets, there's a sound footing um, that's familiar for them. 
simple things on how we would do market structure, how we would do custody, um, how we would actually uh, like route orders. Um, a lot of folks confuse what we do. Um, we are really a broker in crypto. And what that means is if I ran an exchange, I would only have the localized liquidity on the exchange, something like Coinbase or Gemini. I can only trade on that on that exchange. Uh, we did not want to do that for the clients that we have today. We wanted it to really feel like uh, what they're familiar with in the equities market. When you trade Apple, it can go through a number of different venues. It doesn't matter to you. You just get a really good price. In uh, crypto, we're trying to replicate the same thing. So we're connected to a handful of exchanges and OTC desks that stream us prices. When we get our customer orders, we take those orders and we find the, the best available price on our stream and we route the order in full or in part to those different venues. Um, we don't do any markups on the spread. So whatever the customer sees is what we're seeing on our side. Uh, we charge a fully disclosed fee. Um, so customer sees transparently what we're making on the, on the trade for, for the work that we do. Um, and our whole idea is let's make it easy for the customer to, to trade in multiple locations. We'll handle all the backend cross exchange, uh, collateralization, cross exchange, um, Settlements will have all those liquidity relationships. The customer just needs to focus on what they do, which is, do I want to buy this asset or that asset? And, um, and our job is to stay operational, make it as easy for the customer as possible, and uh, do everything we can to answer the phone when they call. How is it going? <laughs> um, <laughs> our account growth looks like the chart from Bitcoin. I bet. So it's, it's, I would say we... We set out to get in front of this current wave. Um, our whole plan was get in the market, have some skin under, have some runway under our belt for the next big wave. Um, we did that on the heels of the 2018 move, and we were really well positioned for uh, having a some having an operation that's been operational, a customer base that we can grow from, and um, domain knowledge of actually how to operate this business. Having uh, having operated now for about two years, um, we know. We know what we need to do and we know what we need to do to stay operational. And um, our focus right now is on scaling and trying to trying to manage the, the increased demand. It's, it's super exciting. Uh, and every day we watch the markets go up and down and we watch all our customers interact with the service. And uh, it's, it's really thrilling to watch what the customers do. You know, you build something and you really hope people use it the way you intended it to be used. And there's obviously surprises that Folks find new ways to use it, but when you actually see people going in and placing large orders, uh, filling the liquidity across multiple venues, and um, it's just it's super exciting and rewarding uh, for us as a uh, as a company and for me personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe it. And and are people using it like like you like, like you had expected? Yeah. Um, so we built this in a way that we wanted people to be able to put large orders into the market. Um, when you go to an exchange, it's pretty easy to wipe out their order book because it's just you know, one set of centralized set of liquidity. Um, the way that we the way that we handle the order routing, uh, it's kind of unique. Uh, leverage a lot of our experience from the equity side. So we see orders, I mean, large size orders, three, four million dollar orders going. I've even seen people put them in at market, which is nuts wow. to me, but <laughs> it works and it fills them and they have uh, you know really great really great execution quality from what we can see. Um, 
what we've done now is we've created a situation, we've created a pricing scheme that allows folks to trade for free if they make orders, if they make liquidity. Um, and that's, we're watching how that shapes the customer behavior, but it's really good. So if you want to trade, uh, you just put a resting order in the market and price is so volatile, you're most likely going to get hit, but you can really get in and out for free on, on the service and benefit from from trade station benefit for like trade station as a firm is I don't have to make every dollar to survive the company off of a crypto transaction. We've got a lot of other avenues and, and parts of the relationship with the customer that uh, we don't need to be greedy on the commission for crypto because most likely if you come to us, you're going to engage in equities, you're going to engage in futures, you take some education. So it's a lot of things you can participate in and uh, I don't need to like make everything I can on the <laughs> commission. Yeah, yeah, it's it's obviously a great position to be in. What do you say if if they make liquidity? What does that mean? Yeah, so um, we have two concepts. There's a take, which is somebody that puts an order that is immediately marketable. They're basically removing liquidity from uh, our consolidated order book. Uh, if they make liquidity, they're going to add an order that rests on the book, and it will eventually get filled. Um, so think about this as a market order on one side or a limit order on the other side. It's probably the simplest way, uh, as long as that limit order doesn't immediately execute. Got it. And it's fascinating that, that I, I guess I had really thought just at the different levels of how people are, are buying and selling the asset, that if, 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 if you go to one company, they just have their, their inventory. And so you've been able to go and tap into as many of these as possible to create the most amount of liquidity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, that's our goal, uh, to continually bring in as much liquidity as we can. Um, but you have to, I think one, one point to remember is that trade station has pretty decent sized customers to begin with ahead of crypto. And so if we're showing pretty thin markets, those guys come in and they place one order, they crush the market and then they move on they, they don't want, we don't want that for them and they, they don't want that so it's super important that we provide a healthy order book and, and as much liquidity as possible um, so that when in, in the event that someone does put a market order in um, they have a good chance of getting filled without taking down the entire order book we saw something like that at Kraken where I think they printed on Ethereum $700 uh, where most of the market was at $1,500 on the last priced spike down so um, just They've got a lot of liquidity, but something went awry on their side and a um, handful of orders took the market really far down. And it's one of the challenges of having a centralized exchange with liquidity that only lives on the platform. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So are, are, is, is, is there an, a way to know if most people are actually trading it or if they're buying it to just hold on to the asset? Uh, we can see it for sure from our side. Uh, let's say from what we, I would say from what we see, the lion's share of customers are buying and holding. Uh, we do have a fair amount of folks that trade in and out. Uh, our customers tend to be more in tune with the market, so they, they are looking at trying to uh, take advantage of the volatility, maybe time the tops, time the bottom. So we do see some movement in and out. Uh, but majority of the folks are definitely buying and holding. Uh, how could somebody 
maybe monitor that metric on their own. Um, there's, there's quite a few different ways you can do it. Um, this company called Glassnode, some good, good data there. Uh, what you can do is track the flow of stable coins to exchanges and the flow of crypto assets off exchange. Uh, one, a big one to watch is like USDC or Tether inbound to an exchange relative to the Bitcoin movement off exchange. And what, what that is going to tell you is how much cash is joining the exchange, how much Bitcoin is leaving the exchange. Uh, when you look at firms like MicroStrategies, Tesla, uh, those folks are most likely not leaving the assets on exchange. They're going to go to some type of custodian. So you're going to see large flows of cash in, flows of crypto out, maybe to a custodian like Kingdom Trust or BitGo, or maybe to even a privately hosted wallet. Um, we are across the industry seeing a lot of um, larger players come in, take assets out of circulation where they just they have no intention to sell them. But not in the near term anyway. Got it. And do do y'all um, make accessible all different kinds of crypto assets or is it only Bitcoin? Yeah, we um, so we list five assets right now. We have Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin Cash and USDC. Um, we are very interested uh, in expanding that list. Um, there's a there is a demand for the other assets. Uh, I think the nature of the the folk, even if we list a variety of assets, the dominance is still likely to be Bitcoin for the foreseeable future. Um, it, it makes up on most services 70 80 percent of the the trading volume. Um, but there is definitely a market for uh, some of the DeFi coins, the staking coins, and, and we're, we're very interested in, in looking at those. Um, also, some of the metal coins, uh, some of the gold-based coins, uh, things like that, that help folks start to develop different strategies and how they're going to trade crypto as opposed to just long only Bitcoin. Brave new world, James. Yeah. How exciting. <laughs> Well, James, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Difference-making tip. Um, I have a lot, but I think <laughs> the the most important thing that you can do is ask questions in life. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Don't assume you know. Uh, ask as many questions as you feel necessary. But uh, it, I always go in thinking I'm the dumbest person in the room, and I have a lot to learn from everybody around me, and I ask a lot of questions. And you really discover things you didn't really know. Um, a lot of times you figure out uh, new perspectives. Um, I'd say that questions are probably the most important thing that I've, that have made me successful uh, in everything I'm doing. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, come on. James, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people, uh, how, how can people start trading? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me. I'm on Twitter, uh, James R. Putra. Um, if you want to, to check us out at Trade Station, we'd love to have the chance to um, tell you what we got going on. The, the address is www.tradestationcrypto.com. Uh, there you'll find all the interesting things we do from trading to interest service to uh, custody. Um, also, a lot of great educational resources around crypto, stable coins. What is it? Uh, how you can get involved and uh, yeah, stop by, take a look. Even if you just read the education, uh, we're, we're really interested to help uh, bring more folks into the space, whether that's with us or other service providers. It's um, a lot of 
lot of space for people to come in and, and explore. And uh, I'm excited to, to see what's next for all of us. I love it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show James your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to tradestationcrypto.com. Find James on Twitter at jamesrputra.com. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, James. Thanks again, George. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform, for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.